welcome back to the Practice Makes Faithful podcast. Uh, I am, I'm Ben Patterson, and I'm sitting here with Paul Hugobart. Uh, good morning. And we are excited to be diving into this again today. We've got an exciting episode ahead of us as we continue our series with you always. We'll dive into that in just a couple of minutes. But last week in our episode, if you were here, we mentioned Paul had been out of town. There, he yeah. went out of town this past week, right? Yeah. And you were at the Exponential Conference. You want to just check in with us? How was that, Paul? Yeah, it was great. So I was uh, there as a representative with uh, discipleship.org. And so we, uh, we were running a track talking about what it might look like to bring disciple-making movement principles into the existing legacy church or the prevailing church, whatever you want to call that, the, the church that most of us know in North America. Mm -hmm. And uh, boy, it was great. Had a lot of great conversations, uh, both during those sessions as we were sharing with people and then at dinner tables afterwards, and it's really evident that God is doing something, bringing more and more of us to this place where we want to be, uh, what we want to be true about our churches is that we are churches who make disciples who make disciples. Uh, we want to be churches who surrender ourselves in faithfulness to the mission of God, who surrender our lives to holiness, who uh, surrender ourselves over to the Holy Spirit and the work that He wants to do. And so it's not just us here at Grace Chapel. It's not just those mm -hmm. of us who've been connected even in through the Renew Network. That we, I mean, it's, it's a broader circle than that. And so uh, it's always exciting to see when God is on the move and doing things like that. And so maybe just as a word of encouragement even to those who are listening, you know, wherever you find yourself, uh, maybe you've, you're having a hard day, a frustrating day, uh, you know, it's just nice to know that God is doing something. And so, you know, it's good for us to, to take courage in that. Awesome. Love that. I see it. For those of you watching our video form, Paul, you're repping your your yeah. conference swag today. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> yeah, I've got my, disciple, my official discipleship.org hat on today. So. Oh, that's groovy. Yeah. Awesome. So we're excited. This is actually, this is our 10th episode of the podcast. Yeah. Double so, digits. Yeah, we've made it. We have made it to double <laughs> digits. This is a big one. So episode 10, here we go. Let's dive in. Okay. We are in this series with you always. You kicked yes. this off two weeks ago. This is a series about the indwelling work of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. Now, hopefully, everyone has, che has already checked out last week's episode, but just in case they missed it, give us just like a quick catch up what this series is all about, what we talked about last week, and then we'll dive into today's content. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's neat to see too. Um, the topic of the Holy Spirit is something that a lot of people, like Christians, are, are very interested in, especially mm -hmm. those of us, and we'll talk about this a little bit more, who are raised in the intellectual traditions where we uh, spent more time learning about the Holy Spirit, if we went that far, um, than certainly trying to experience and invite the, the presence of the Holy Spirit among us. Um, so it was really neat to see last week's episode, uh, you know, for a for the kind of the first week release mm -hmm. was by far the most downloaded and accessed, whether that be on YouTube and other places as well. And so people are people are interested in this conversation, and, and so are we, which is why we're trying to facil facilitate it. And so um, I think you know the series is is again we're, we're looking at uh, the indwelling presence and the work of the Holy Spirit and just the promises that God has made. Um, you know, Jesus' words, I will be with you always, but then as we'll talk about here later today as well, <laughs> I mean, he told his disciples, I'm not going to be with you always, at least in bodily form. Yeah. So we have the presence of God with us, but now in a new and different way. And that's really what we're looking at this month uh, as we think about the Holy Spirit. As we talked about last week, though, kind of setting the stage for this series, 
Um, we in the Western world, where we try to find a natural explanation for everything, have, have a difficulty understanding and embracing anything spiritual. So embracing the presence of the Holy Spirit among us, well, there are just natural barriers now or barriers that have built up over time, have been built up over time that, that are now erected and are now in place. And so um, we need to work to first understand here are the barriers that we've built so we can start to disassemble some of those mm -hmm, barriers. Mm -hmm. Some of those are intellectual. So as we landed last week, we even talked about, um, you know, get to a place where you would maybe be more open-minded, so be more open-minded, be more open-hearted to, uh, to the Holy Spirit being, um, being someone that you can engage with. So maybe drop some of those prejudices that we've had that are intellectual in nature or maybe uh, are there because we, uh, we go with the secular and the naturalist explanation for everything so we don't see the work of God around us. And so um, really that's where we are for this series is trying to break down some of those barriers so that we can start to engage the power of the Holy Spirit. And as we'll talk about this week, you know, the, the Holy Spirit does bring power into the work of the church. But if we keep adopting the approaches that we have for the last several decades and maybe even century, what we're doing is we're keeping that power at arm's length. And so we don't, we don't want to do that anymore. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to be at work uh, in us and among us, uh, both for the sake of mission, as we'll talk about next week, for holiness. Mm -hmm. We mm -hmm. absolutely need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Love it. Love it. That's a great, great uh, refresher for those of y'all who may have missed that first part. So let's let's dive into this week okay. to, uh, for us, it was yesterday's message. Um, tell us a little bit about what you talked about there, how we kind of yeah. continued this point moving forward. So again, where we landed with both that message and the podcast last week is this, I'm going to read this statement again. If, we're to have eyes, if we are to have eyes that are open to spiritual realities, we will need to begin with open hearts and open minds. Mm -hmm. And so we talked about uh, that last week in the sense that, that we have these cultural presuppositions uh, that make it difficult for us to be aware of, engage with spiritual realities. So that's in the culture, and mm -hmm. the culture mm -hmm. affects all of us. We talked about last week a little bit as well that we would be talking a lot more about some of the barriers that actually exist within our church, uh, our church framework at times. And so um, let's, let's think about that for just a little bit because mm -hmm. um, that's, that's, I think, if we only talk about the difficulty that we have engaging because of the culture, um, we may forget that actually some of the barriers that exist as it relates to us engaging with the Holy Spirit actually exists within our church framework too, not just the cultural framework. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. uh, so here's kind of where, where I began last uh, uh, this last message and, and where we'll begin this podcast as well. Um, Francis Chan in a book called Forgotten God, which we talked about a little last week and, yep. and, and had some had that link up in our show notes, presents this scenario and he's presenting this scenario to Christians. Um, he says this, basically, and I'm, I'm adding a little bit to it, um, but the basic idea is this. If you had the chance to spend a day with Jesus, would you go for that? I mean, who wouldn't, right, as, as yeah. a Christian? And I think, I think even many people who are not Christians would say, okay, if I had the chance to spend a day with Jesus, this guy who has, you know, I mean, Jesus has more followers than, any, than anybody ever. You know, I mean, the, 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 basically, yeah. you know, people want to follow Jesus. People call themselves Christians. I think there are more than a billion today who, who call themselves Christians. And so even those who exist on the outside of that 
would would want to, I think, experience a day with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but for those of us who are Christians, if we had the opportunity to experience a day, you know, in bodily form with Jesus, we would say, absolutely, we want to do that. Um, but Francis Chan says, okay, so what if I then gave you the chance to either spend one day with Jesus, basically, or spend a lifetime being indwelt by the Holy Spirit? What would you choose? What if it had to be a one or the other? It's yeah. not just a question yeah. of you could spend a day with Jesus or you could spend a lifetime indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And he says, the reality is for many Christian folks, we would choose the day with Jesus. Yeah. We would choose the day with Jesus over the chance to be indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And, and, and he really, I think, is trying to make the point that we choose that because we don't understand the Holy Spirit the way even Jesus presents him in Scripture, but we need to understand Jesus that way. Yeah, I, so, I get it. I'm, I'm, I'm sympathetic to that. That is, the Holy Spirit's very mysterious. Like, how do we yeah. understand that? And there's a lot of confusion around it, yes. but being with a physical person for an afternoon, that seems pretty seems, appealing. That's right. That's yeah. right. So so when we have the Holy Spirit, the opportunity for the Holy Spirit to indwell us or a physical embodied conversation, well, the one that makes more natural sense is this physical embodied kind of tangible conversation yeah. that we could have with Jesus. And so maybe that's the reason some of us choose that. But, but Francis also goes on to talk about the fact that the reason many of us would choose the conversation with Jesus is because a lot of us have kind of uh, maybe some negative vibes surrounding yeah. engagement with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so he goes on to talk about, um, you know, maybe the only the only uh, framework you have for what it would look like to engage the, the Holy Spirit is what you feel like, you know, the church down the street where the, where the Holy Rollers worship, basically. You know, that's the only that's the only kind of framework you have for what it would look like to engage the Holy Spirit or. Or maybe, you know, the only framework that you have for what it would look like to engage the Holy Spirit is, you know, what you saw Benny Hinn on television years ago, you know, where there were the faith healings that later became characterized as fake healings, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, mm -hmm. um, or maybe you have a negative experience yourself, you know, for, for example, and I've, we've talked about this before, Ben. Um, you know, when I was kind of searching, so I was in college, kind of searching, I had had a time where I had really kind of um, become more skeptical of faith and as I'm coming back to faith I'm trying to search it out for myself and figure out which way of uh, engaging with Jesus or which people that are engaging with Jesus make the most sense for me to be connected with as I'm trying to engage with Jesus and so I mean I, I explored a number of different churches during mm -hmm. that time um, and one of the churches that I went to for a while I mean a period of several months uh, was a was a Pentecostal church, mm -hmm. and uh, I was very interested, especially in, you know, if if we're being called into something and it's supposed to be an experience, well, then I want it to be an experience, and so it looked like over at this place we, I could go and have an experience, and so mm -hmm. I wanted I wanted for I wanted to experience that or engage with that, and so I uh, went to this church for a time with a friend of mine who had invited me to go with him. And, um, you know, I would go Sunday morning, Sunday nights, every Sunday night, we'd get a bunch of the young adults together. And, you know, there'd be this time where after praying for a while, uh, there'd start to be this, you know, kind of praying in tongues. Now, the, the connotation or what went along with that, too, is all of those who know Jesus and are saved will, will speak in tongues here. Yeah. And the rest of us that weren't speaking yeah. in tongues were just kind of sitting around watching. Well, like I said, I, I did that for several months, and there was this point in time where one of the guys actually asked me, well, Paul, when are you going to speak in tongues? Mm -hmm. I said, I, I don't know. I mean, I really don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have not 
I mean, I, I'm kind of trying to engage this way and I, I, I just, I haven't felt anything move me to that. And, and I don't want it to be disingenuous. If that were to happen for me, I want it to be a real thing. I don't want it to be something that I'm manufacturing. And it was really interesting um, where several people in that room, in that moment, I don't know if they were convicted or, or whatever else, as I'm sharing, and I think I was just being very vulnerable and open, uh, several of them actually came and said, you know, if I'm honest, I, I have been kind of feeling out of pressure. I have been doing something that sounds like what the rest of you all are doing, but I actually haven't experienced this either. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, that really kind of that put a bad taste in my mouth in that, in that moment. And I actually stopped going to that church at that point in time. Um, and it put me at this place where I was di- disillusioned with uh, the experience of the Holy Spirit because of what I had actually experienced there. Now, to be clear, I, I don't want to um, I don't want to speak negatively about all those who engage with the Holy Spirit in a different way than than I grew up yeah. not experiencing the Holy Spirit at all. Yeah. Um, and and I would even go so far as to say that um, I have changed my mind in a number of ways about what the Holy Spirit can and would and maybe should do among us and some of the reason i have is by seeing what's happening in some of the global south and so again as i mm-hmm, said mm-hmm. Uh, last week you know i'm not advocating for charismatic gifts i really don't know what to think about some of those but i do believe that we need to be at a place and really that's what where we were leading to in the message is that we need to be at a place where even those of us who um, don't know what to do with this experience out here at least want to arrive at this place where where we want to experience the Holy Spirit. And so I, mm-hmm. I shared a, a quote from Tim Woodruff's book called The Spirit for the Rest of Us yesterday. And I think this really sums up where I am and where I hope our church would be and where others maybe who were raised in really intellectual traditions would be. Um, and, and I'll share that in just a second. You know, Speaking of inter- intellectual traditions, you know, my, my friend David Young wrote a little book that we uh, shared in the show notes last week as well. And in that, he actually talks about, for, you know, those of us who are raised in intellectual traditions, uh, another choice here. If we were given the choice between attending a class where we were taught about the Holy Spirit or a class where we could go and experience the Holy Spirit, most of us would choose the class where we could learn about the Holy Spirit as opposed to experiencing the Holy Spirit. And so I think what I'm saying is we don't we don't need to just learn about the Holy Spirit anymore. Now we need to move to a place where we can experience the work of the Holy Spirit in our midst. So, so back to what Tim Woodruff says about that. He says, somewhere between mind without spirit, okay, mind without spirit, that's the very intellectual tradition that many of us were raised in and are skeptical of and rightly skeptical mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. And spirit without mind, which we should also be skeptical of, you know, so there's no, there's nothing intelligible, it seems like happening in some situations, lies the possibility, he says, the rest of us can appreciate and experience. Okay, so one more time without me interrupting it. Somewhere between mind without spirit and spirit without mind lies the possibility the rest of us can appreciate and experience. And I think that's really powerful because what he's calling us into, even for those of us who who may be skeptical of what is on both ends of the spectrum regarding the Holy Spirit. He's calling us to this middle that does give us room for experiencing and embracing the indwelling presence and the powerful work of the Holy Spirit among us. That's really good. 
I love that, Paul. I appreciate you breaking that down. Um, I think it's helpful because I know we both come from different, yeah. like very different contexts. If some of y'all know my own story, is that I don't, I don't come from a church. I didn't grow up in yeah. a Church of Christ yeah. context, so I maybe approach this conversation yeah. in a different way, and it's it's helpful to hear. And I just appreciate your vulnerability in sharing your own story there of how this has been in your life, and I can see how a lot of folks. They have a lot of skepticism in yeah. this conversation as we enter this, yeah. but there is a real, a real reality yes. for us to tune into. I think yeah. that, that's really good. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I think especially as we turn, uh, if we can do that, if we turn yeah. just to talk briefly about the, the text that we engaged with yeah. in this, this weekend's message. Um, and let me give just kind of a summary that will move us in, then to John 16. Okay. We spent most of our time in uh, John 16, verses 1 through 15. Um, it, beginning in John 14, Jesus begins this discourse with his disciples following John 13, the Lord's Supper, his conversation mm -hmm. about, you know, one of the disciples is going to betray him. Another one, Peter, is going to deny him. Then he moves into John 14. He starts having conversations with the disciples about he's leaving. He's going away. And... Uh, you know, you've got this, uh, you know, John 14, 6, we know that, that, you know, he's the way, Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through him. But he's telling him, I'm going away. You can't follow me. You can't go where I'm going. The disciples start to get uh, really kind of confused and frustrated at that point in time. Jesus goes on uh, to, to basically, you know, talk about the fact that, um, you know, John 15, that, that he's the vine, they're the branches. They need to remain in him, abide mm -hmm. in him, mm -hmm. um, that if they remain in him, and abide in him, they'll be able to bear much fruit. If they don't, apart from him, they can do nothing. But remember, he's just mm -hmm. talked about the fact mm -hmm. that he's going away. Then he again tells them, I'm going away. Then yeah. he tells them, this is going to be difficult for you. In fact, the world is going to hate you at times. It's going to be really frustrating. Then he moves into you know, the, the end of John 15. He says, listen, my work while I was here was to testify about God. And as I'm about to leave, I'm giving you now my work to go testify. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, you're going to be testifying about mm -hmm. what God is doing in this world. You're going to testify about me. So he's been having this conversation with them, and you can just probably sense uh, the tension, the frustration, the confusion these disciples yeah. are feeling as Jesus progresses through this final discourse saying, I'm going, you can't come with me, um, but you still have to remain in me. And if you do, you'll bear much fruit. If you try to do anything apart from me, you won't bear any fruit. I'm going to send somebody to be with you, the Holy Spirit, the advocate. He, he introduces him once, and then in John 16, yep. introduces him again. Um, and that's, that's kind of where we spent most of our time yesterday talking about uh, the, the, John 16, uh, the John 16 passage, where, um, where again, Jesus is saying, yes, this is going to be tough. It's going to be difficult, but I'm not leaving you on your own. Mm -hmm. I'm going mm -hmm. to send someone to be with you when I leave. So um, I think you've got That's the good. text yeah. from, uh, from John 16, maybe five through seven, if you could read that. And then, yeah. and then we can actually talk about, in light of what we've already been discussing, uh, what Jesus now says to his disciples. Yes, thanks for laying that groundwork on that. So John 16, mm -hmm. uh, starting in verse five, it's Jesus' words, he says, but now I am going away to the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve 
Uh, you grieve because of what I've told you, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I don't go away, or if I do go away, then I will send him to you. Yeah, again, so you can see just right there, I mean, Jesus yeah. is almost summing, sum, summarizing this, um, the struggle that they've been engaging for these last two chapters now. So 14 yeah. and 15, Jesus says... You're you grieving, know, but I'm yeah. trying to point you to something yes. something more, something you're, you're bigger is happening. You're filled with grief because I've yeah. said these things. You're filled with grief because I've told you I'm going away, but I've also told you you're about to go do some really, really amazing yeah. things. In fact, you know, it's just the chapter before that Jesus has said, you're going to do greater things yeah. than the things that I have done while I was here on this earth. You're going to do greater things. Which that one, that one's a mind blower. Yeah, mind blower. We could talk about that for a whole episode. Absolutely. <laughs> and so, so I think Jesus is doing this really interesting thing. He's, uh, he's being very honest. So he's being very realistic with them about what's yeah. going to happen. Um, but he's also then in the same time casting this vision. And so he is, he's embracing realism and idealism at the same time, you know, mm -hmm. casting this mm -hmm. ideal vision of a future for them of what they're going to do, but then being very honest with them about the fact that he's not going to be there bodily to do that with them anymore. And then these words, it's best for you if I go away. So, yeah. So let me ask you about that. Mm -hmm. Like, why? <laughs> why is it yeah. better that Jesus goes away? I mean, and I, I don't know. I think it can be hard for us to wrap our minds around. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, like, couldn't Jesus have just been immortal and just like stayed yeah. here forever? Yeah. Like, I mean, he's God. So, like, why, but why is it best that he goes away for the Spirit yeah, to come? Yeah, I mean, his words very plainly. If Jesus says why, he says, it's best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate, speaking of the Holy Spirit, won't come. So maybe a better question right. is, why is it better that the advocate comes? Why is it better that the advocate comes? Okay. Than the physical Jesus. So I think it does go back to the end here. of chapter 15 where Jesus says, now you're going to go testify about me. So you're, I've been the witness to what God is doing. You're going to go be the witnesses now to what God is doing. The reality, if it was just me doing it, we could get about as far as we, we've come in these three years, and maybe we could go a little bit further. Uh, we could start to expand a little bit further, but I'm now sending all of you out. So, so we'll get back more to this in the last uh, episode in this particular series. Um, so, so the fourth ep episode in this series, we'll talk more about the fact that the Holy Spirit is the fire or the power for the mission that we've been given. Yeah. But that's what Jesus is setting the stage for with these guys. You're all going to be going different places in just a little bit. And mm -hmm. not just you, but all those who are going to come and follow after me and follow after you, they're going to be going different places. Mm -hmm. So, so the, the, the mission of the gospel, the mission that Jesus is giving them is to take his news, his good news, the good news about him to the ends of the earth. So it was Acts 1.8, he talks about that. So yeah. Jerusalem, then Judea, Samaria then to the ends of the earth, all the way to the ends of the earth. Now, if Jesus was here by himself, or if Jesus was here in the flesh, and that's what we had as the presence of God with us, I, he's saying that would not happen. I mean, that's very plain. G Jesus says, if I don't, the advocate won't come. So it's best for you. So I want God's presence to be with you everywhere you go. Yeah. And maybe I could go with one of you, or all of you could continue to go with me. Yeah. But that's not the way that's this is really going to work from here on forward. It's going to be all of you going, 
and wherever you go, I will be with you. It's interesting, Paul. I don't even know that I'd really thought of this as a missional component. And it's interesting because if we mm-hmm. if we take a very self-centered view of this mm-hmm. text and just look at it as like this is just about me and my story and my experience mm-hmm. of God, um, and if that's all it is, then maybe someone could justify, well, oh, well, maybe it would have been better for Jesus to just be immortal and then me and him can just be buddies and we can walk together every day and you could try yeah. to come up with something like that. But Jesus is concerned with a whole lot more than yes. just my own experience yes. and it's actually better that he goes and that I have the experience of having the spirit here right. but then not only that because a human being can be in one yes. physical spot but the spirit being in all of us it does have that missional component and honestly I hadn't even put it together yeah. in that way that by Jesus leaving by the spirit being here He's in every one of us, and he, Absolutely. and then that mission can go beyond, like beyond the physical bounds of where one person yep. can be, and it goes out globally. It goes into the world. Yeah, I've been alluding to it a little bit. Let me just read the last two verses of chapter fifteen, where okay. Jesus makes this very plain. And it's it's really funny how our Bible is divided into chapters sometimes. Which if you ever <laughs> want to read the story about how that happened. Um, you know, there's speculation, you know, so there was this monk who was in a carriage or sometimes maybe even on horseback. So they wonder if sometimes he accidentally put the number, you know, they created a chapter where the chapter shouldn't have been yet. So he is, it seems like he jumped the gun maybe two verses late in this one moving into chapter 16. Um, but the end of chapter 15 says this, very much a commissioned and missional statement. He says, verse 26, when the advocate comes whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. Mm -hmm. Now listen to these words. And you must also testify, Mm -hmm. for you have been with me from the beginning. And that is how he leads into, at the beginning of chapter 16, I've told you all of this so that you won't fall away. Here's the trouble that's coming. They're going to put you out of the synagogue. In fact, there's there's a time coming where people are going to kill you Uh, This is foreshadowing what the Apostle Paul does even. They're going to kill you and think that they're doing a service to God, that they're doing the right thing by taking your life. You know, so all of this, so he's saying, look, all right, I I don't want you to be filled with grief about this. I don't want you to panic. The Holy Spirit's going to be with you. I'm going to be with you always. And then, you know, you talk about, well, why is this better? It's better because oftentimes, um, and and I'm going to get a little critical about the way a lot of us do church sometimes in systems or okay. system thinking. And I, I love systems. I, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about having the right systems in place. Um, but when we trust our systems over the presence of God, we've got a problem. You know, when we trust a system for sharing the good news about Jesus over the power of the good news of Jesus, we have a problem. And so here's what Jesus says. He says about what the Holy Spirit is going to do in verse 8. He says, He, when he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. So I think we often as as believers, and and maybe why we don't do the Mm disciple-making thing as faithfully as we ought to, is because we've taken all the weight of disciple-making on our shoulders. When Rob was with us last month, he talked Mm -hmm. about that Mm -hmm. a little bit as well. I think out of 1 Corinthians 3, Paul saying, I didn't come and preach to you in eloquence. I, I, I preached to you in, in the, the power of the Spirit. It was the, the power of the Spirit that yeah. led you all to become believers. 
Um, and so we see even just a few short years after the Holy Spirit comes, people trying to do this in their own power, people trying to do this by, by their, their powerful words and their eloquence, as opposed to allowing the Holy Spirit to be the one that continues to prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. And Jesus says, that's the job of the Holy Spirit. So you're not going to go out and have, have to do all this on your own power. Mm -hmm. You're going to get to watch the Holy Spirit go before you if you trust him to go before you. Now, I think on the flip side of that, and we can see this just through observation, if we want to try to do the church thing without the working of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, we can go that way. We can do that. And we may have some churches that, that look pretty good and look like they're doing a lot of the work of God. And I think sometimes, I think, in fact, I think many times, the Holy Spirit works even when we don't acknowledge His working. But how much better would it be if we not just acknowledged His work, but begged for His work, His presence to be at work among us? You know, so what I said about this, um, you know, th this past Sunday is uh, just to try to kind of frame this in one statement, is that somewhere along the line, the people of God became convinced that they could carry out the work of God without the presence of God. Mm. That is not a good thing. That is not a good place for us to be. That, that should be the kind of statement that when we hear that and we realize the truth of it, it should almost cause us, it should cause a collective gasp Yeah. in a sense. That we as the people of God became convinced that we could carry out the work of God without the presence of God. Mm. Why that's really, really concerning is what Jesus says again in John 15, what he's just told his disciples. Listen, if you remain in me, you're going to bear a lot of fruit. Yeah. But apart from me, you, you can, can do, do nothing. nothing. Yeah. No, nothing of consequence, nothing that really matters, right? Apart from him. Now, again, I think sometimes he works through us even when we forget to acknowledge his working, when we aren't begging him for his working. But how much more could he do if we acknowledged and glorified him for all he's doing? Sure. And if we begged his presence to be among us. This reminds me of in... Acts chapter 1 mm -hmm. of Jesus tells the apostles, stay in Jerusalem, wait until right. the Spirit comes. Wait until I send him. And yes. then Acts 1 verse 8, I just love this verse where he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere yes. in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, right. and to the ends of the earth. To the ends of it the just earth. seems so clear that we can't do this mission without no. the Spirit's power. Jesus is so clear about it. But I think you're right in our own systems, in our own you know, wise thinking, in our own not wise, a fake wisdom. But like we've, we thought we could outsmart God in some right. ways, it seems. And we right. think that we can do this on our own. We can come up with our own ways to do this without relying on Him. And according to Jesus, we can't. Yeah, no, we can't. And we shouldn't want it either. Yeah. I mean, you know, we should be at a place where we are saying, God, we can't do this without you. And we don't want to do this without yeah. you. You know, I think, um, so I shared another uh, quote from, from Francis Chan from the book Forgotten God yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and this is what Francis says. And, and this is the place where I hope we would all land. He says, I don't want my life to be explainable without mm. the Holy Spirit. I want people to look at my life and know that I couldn't be doing this by my own power. You know, that, that's wow. what I want to be true about my life, is that 
There's no way I could do this without the working of the power of God in yeah. my life. Yeah. And then I want to be able to turn around and give God glory. And then after all, that's what draws people to God. You know, do, do I want to draw people to me? I mean, I, I think, you know, there are many, and I don't want to be critical of other churches, but there, we know the reality. And, and everybody's listening here. We know the reality that there are places where people are drawn because of the person that is on stage most mm-hmm. Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. And again, that doesn't mean that what that person is doing is not very good. Yeah. So yeah. we got to be we got to be honest and plain about that. Yeah. But but we do know that there are people that are drawn places because again, because of the communicator that that happens to be on stage that Sunday morning and it's because of the cleverness of the communicator, the wittiness of the communicator, how much training has gone into and I I you know, I pursued that for myself, you know. So mm-hmm. I I have gone out and I have I have hired coaches for uh, for the sake of leadership training. I've mm-hmm. hired communications coaches and others because I want to be a better leader. I want to be a better communicator. But at the end of the day, I don't ever want to look at what I'm doing and saying, well, people are people ought to be drawn here because, well, I, I'm a good leader because I've invested time in, in leadership coaching. And I'm, I'm a good communicator because I've, I, I want people to be drawn to what's happening where we are here at Grace Chapel yeah. and everywhere that that God has preached because the Holy Spirit is present and where the Holy Spirit is present God is working in power again not because we're communicating well as Paul says not because of our eloquence but because of the power of the Holy Spirit at work that's what we should want I love that I appreciate you sharing personally on that and actually acts as a good segue into my next question okay. for you because you know, I, th- I think it's one thing for us to hear hear the words of Jesus, even like believe believe those words that it's better for the Spirit to come. Mm-hmm. But I guess I want to ask you: Is have you experienced that to be true in your life? Like, yeah. have you experienced that that reality that it has been better to be walking with the Spirit? For Would sure. you be able to answer that in Francis Chan's opening question? Yeah. That, yeah. No, it is it is better for me to have a life of the Spirit living in me rather than yes. the 24 hours. Yeah. So, so I would just acknowledge this first. I mean, um, you know, I, I'd want it to be, I, I'd want Francis to give me the option for both because, I mean, who wouldn't want to spend <laughs> a day with Jesus in the flesh, right? And, and yeah. be able, oh, able yeah. actually to Fair walk enough. with him. But, but when you say better, I mean, if I had to make the choice, yeah, I'm, I'm to the point in my life where I'm going with the Holy Spirit and dwelling me. And so, so here's, here's what I did a couple of years ago, I mean, maybe about three years uh, ago now, because it was, um, you know, it was BC, which is, you know, before COVID. So, you know, I can, I can remember that it was, uh, it was at least, you know, roughly three years ago because it was a BC choice, um, you know, where, where I had said, you know, um, I, I want the Holy Spirit to be at work in my life. But I have to be very honest and acknowledge that I don't really know what that looks like. I mean, that was kind of a sobering moment for me to be, <laughs> to kind of reflect at my own life and say, I, I don't really know what it would look like for the Holy Spirit to be at work in my life. And I imagine the Holy Spirit has already been working in my life. I just haven't been aware of it. So I, I want to give that kind of grace for, for most everybody who's listening to, to the podcast um, is that you know, the Holy Spirit has been at work in our lives, I think. We just haven't, again, acknowledged and maybe embraced and really strongly desired. But it's better when we acknowledge, embrace, and desire, mm-hmm. for sure. So, 
So what I decided to do about three years ago is, is to really try to start to listen or be sensitive. Again, have that open mind and open heart we talked about last week to the work of the Holy Spirit, to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so what I told God, here's what I'm going to do. Every time I think you're nudging me, every time I think, I, if I think you're moving me, every time I think I might hear that still small voice in the back of my mind somewhere, every time I think that could be true, and I feel like you're calling me to something, I'm going to say yes. Because it would be better to be wrong and, and you didn't actually call me to do something. And if it was a good thing, what do I lose? You know, so if I feel like God was calling me to help this particular person and I was wrong and it was actually me and I helped somebody and it was just my idea, what's wrong with that? I mean, how bad could that possibly be? What could go wrong, right? But if the Holy Spirit was nudging me to do something and on the kind of the converse, I said no to that, how bad could that be? Yeah. Right? So I, I was yeah. dealing with two different how bad could that be questions. The first one, how bad could it be if I thought God called me to do something and I was wrong and I said yes? On the flip side, how hmm. bad could it be if God was calling me to do something and I said no? And so if I'm going to take a risk, what I decided was I'm going to take a risk on this side, on the side where I'd rather be wrong that God was calling me to do something and say yes to it than be wrong about God calling me to do something and say no to it when God was calling me to do something. So that was the choice I made. And so out of that, I mean, if, if you know, how have I experienced this to be true in my life? We, we would have not enough time to talk about places where I've seen this to be true in my life. I'll just say this on a general level, I would talk about opportunities real quick that I've had to speak about God with people that I never would have. I mean, I can talk about a moment where almost like the Holy Spirit turned me around and marched me back to a conversation that I thought was over to continue that conversation, which has resulted in an ongoing discipling relationship now for, it'll be almost a year wow. this spring, it, it, a little closer to the summer. Probably in, That happened probably in May of last year. Hmm. Um, and I was done with that conversation. I was walking away from it. Also, someone who was... Uh, man, have you ever had that moment then where you're talking to someone and you have already written that person off to some degree because of the way they talk and the things they talk about? You're like, yeah. this yeah. is not somebody that's going to want to hear about <laughs> yeah. Jesus all that much. Yeah. This was one of those kind of people to some degree. Um, and God just turned me around and said, continue this conversation. Mm -hmm. And it's led into mm -hmm. this ongoing discipling relationship now for, you know, it would be a, roughly a year in, in May. Which, uh, you know, so yeah, how have I experienced this to be true in my life? In, in many, many different ways. Um, I love that. It's also taken me to the place where, you know, sometimes I'm learning to recognize when maybe it is just my desire and my impulse, and I go back and I check it with God, and He's not telling me to go and do this thing. And so it's actually kept me from doing some things that I might have done otherwise too. And so, you know, I, I want more of that in my life, not less. Yeah, that's so good. Man, thanks for sharing that. I would, I would just echo so much of that that I have experienced that I'm learning to be experiencing yeah. yes. in my own life. And I know in so much of my upbringing, I, my dad has always been one who's been mm -hmm. such a strong example in my mm -hmm. life as someone who is very 
has had an intimacy in his yes. relationship yep. with God, is very reliant on listening to the Spirit, yes. of praying, of asking God to communicate with you. Yes. And that's been example mm-hmm. I've grown up with for much of my life. Yep. And so this has been, it's been a part of my life for mm-hmm. a lot of years, been something that I regularly will practice through discipline of journaling, of through yes. listening prayer, through things of mm-hmm. that nature of practicing a reliance on the Spirit. Yep. I think recently that has become a little bit more missional focused. Yes. I'm learning to have a more missional focus in that of where I'm listening to the Spirit in times where I'm about to have a conversation with someone about mm-hmm. faith. I know I'm heading in to have this conversation and the Spirit's just kind of laid something on my heart of like, hey, this is the way you need to approach this. Mm-hmm. This is how you need to start this conversation. And it it just opens up this incredible adventure of following Jesus Agreed. when you have this reliance on him. Yep. And I would, I would, I would agree. I do. I yep. also agree with your sentiment that I wish Francis Chan would let us choose both options yes. there. Cause yeah. I do want the 24 hours with Jesus also, but yeah, that reliance on the spirit of having the spirit with yes. you constantly. It is better. Yeah, I, I could even say this real quickly um, about, about our church as a whole as a number of us have already been moving this direction. Now we're coming to where we're, we're trying yeah. to invite our whole church body to embrace um, the presence of God for the sake of the work of God. Um, yeah. And especially as it relates to things that we've talked about, um, you know, wanting to see people renewed, wanting to see our church community revived. Um, I mean, we're seeing things happen here yeah. in a way that we, we haven't seen things happen. I mean, people come to faith yeah. um, in rapid succession in yeah. a way that we haven't for years. Yeah. And that's, that's exciting. And so, yeah, are you talking about embracing uh, the presence of God for the work, the missional work of God as he's reaching and engaging people? And as, you know, we started our year by praying Luke 10, 2 and Colossians uh, 4, 2 through 4, or 2 through 6, depending on who you are and which, which uh, you know, how much of that text you want to include in there. Uh, we've had that ongoing debate, you know, at the staff level. Well, I like, the, you know, I like to add a couple extra verses in. Um, but as we think about that, we're inviting God to do his work. Yeah. And then we're, in, we're saying, God, and as you're doing work, we promise to be faithful and do the work you've called us into yeah. as well. That is a presence of God, work of God kind of thing. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. out of that, that partnership, we're seeing, again, people express their faith in God, people taking on Jesus in baptism um, so far this year in a way that we haven't seen. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe we just haven't seen, right? And so, so this is, it's really exciting. It's pretty incredible. You start to see God work as we're more and more dependent upon him, as we're embracing his presence in our midst. So again, are we experiencing it even there as a group? Yeah, we are. And it's exciting. Yeah. That's awesome. So as we come to a close, that's the question we ask every week is what's, how do we practice this? How can yeah. we, how can we practice what we're learning so that we can be faithful to Jesus? Yeah. So, so last week, um, I can, I think kind of the way that you framed it and it was good is, is, uh, you know, if you're not at a place where you want this, want to want it. Yeah. I, I think I want to take that challenge a step further and actually put a little pressure on this and say, Go beyond wanting to want it this week. Maybe actually want it and take a step that expresses that. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a lot at stake here. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so when we want the Holy Spirit, we talked about Luke 11 last week, that 
that God says when we pray, or Jesus says when we pray for this, the Holy Spirit will, or the God will not deny us the Holy Spirit because he's, you know, he's like a father who gives good gifts. So he's not going to say no to, to those of us who are coming and knocking on his door and saying, I need the Holy Spirit at work in my life. I want your presence in my life. Um, we go back to last week at Exponential. Uh, there was a guy preaching, and his name was John Tyson. Uh, he's a guy that I've followed for some time. He's a guy up in, in New York City. Um, and, and he said these words. Um, it, we, talk, we talk a lot at Grace Chapel about renewal, revival, and awakening. And I've talked about it in relation to, um, to the way we embrace faithfulness. Uh, we embrace the way of God. You know, so when we come and we repent, Acts 3.19 says that very plainly. When we repent of our ways, when we say no to our way and we say yes to the way of God, God will send His presence. His presence will bring these continual times of refreshing. And so one of the things that I've found is kind of a precursor to uh, revival and awakening is people being renewed by coming before God and confessing very openly, I've been doing things my way. I've been unfaithful to your way and I need your way. So I'm embracing faithfulness now to your way from here on forward. Others have talked about um, prayer and fasting being a precursor to those things. And I think, I think both of these, these things are right. So prayer and fasting, repentance, all these things usher in the presence of God. But what John Tyson said, even more important than those two things, which he talked about those two mm -hmm. things, he said, what I think precedes those things is the desire for God. And what he, the way he said it is this, he said, God comes where he is wanted. I mean, that's a powerful thought, yeah. that God comes where he is wanted. So in other words, you know, as, as it relates to renewal and revival and awakening, yes, faithfulness and prayer. So mm -hmm. obedience, faithfulness, repentance, fasting, prayer, all these things. But these are what come about when we truly want God to be in our midst. And so maybe for somebody who's watching or listening today, um, I want to ask you this. How long, or maybe ever, maybe has it been ever, have you ever just got down on your knees where you are, or if you're you know, driving the car, pull over to the side of the road, um, find a place to tell God, I want you in my life. Yeah. I want your presence in my life. Holy Spirit, I want the best of gifts that Jesus has to offer us, that God has to offer us, which is the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit so that we can live faithfully in this life, so we can embrace the mission of God, the holiness of God. Holy Spirit, I want you to indwell my life. You know, we talked about Acts 2.38 last week, and I want to hit on that just one more time because it points out the struggle that we have at mm -hmm. times uh, as it relates to the Holy Spirit. So we talk about, you know, Peter landing on these two things as the crowd is, is convicted in their hearts that they have crucified the Lord, their, you know, the Lord Messiah, the Messiah, the anointed one of God. And they say, what can we do after being cut to the heart? And Peter says, repent and be baptized, and you'll have your sins forgiven, and you'll be good to go from this day forward. Yeah. And that's where <laughs> we stop sometimes, mm -hmm. neglecting mm -hmm. the fact that Peter says, repent and be baptized, right? And what will happen? Forgiveness of sins, and you'll receive the gift yeah, of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. You'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit in your life. You know, when we get to... Um, when we get to Acts 3.19, Peter says the very same thing. He frames forgiveness of sins in a slightly different way. But then he actually, instead of talking about the Holy Spirit, again, he talks about the presence of God. So the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, these are the same things. 
working in our lives. Um, and I think sometimes at that moment of conversion or repentance or baptism, we're only focused on, God, please take away all the bad things that I've done. Please take mm-hmm. away all the bad mm-hmm. things that I've done. And we've forgotten that God in that same moment is promising to give us the gift of the Holy Spirit, His presence in our lives for all those who want it, mm-hmm. for all those who want it. So what I, what I want to leave folks with today is want it. Mm-hmm. Want the presence of God in your life. Yeah. Want the Holy Spirit in your life. Find a moment to get down on your knees and say, God, I want your presence in my life. I feel like I've been walking this thing, this life on my own. Yes, I believe you forgave me, but that's where, that's where I was stuck. I, I, I took that moment of repentance as a thing that was only about my past, and now I realize it's, repentance is not just about the past, it's about the future, and you've given me for the future the gift of the Holy Spirit or access to the gift mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So now for my future, every day forward, I want the Holy Spirit working in my life. God, I want your presence in my life. So find that moment to tell God, here's what I want, and then trust in the promise of Luke 11. He will not deny you the gift of the Holy Spirit at work in your life. That's really good. Awesome. Well, that is a great spot to land. The call to let's let's truly want this. Yep. Let's move into that this week. Spend some time in prayer in that this week. Um, and Join us again next week as we continue this conversation and keep moving forward with this series. So I just want to thank you all so much for tuning in today to Practice Makes Faithful. And we just really appreciate your feedback and your support mm-hmm. on this podcast. If you're are, if you enjoying this, please let us know. You can shoot us an email at practicemakesfaithful at gmail.com and give us your thoughts, reviews. We'd, just, we'd love to hear about that. But for now, we just thank you. Thank you for joining us. And we encourage you to go out and practice this.